Hey everyone, Frizz here. It's time for another interview behind the scenes of, with the team at Universe Today. And today we're talking to another writer on the team. This time it's Andy Thomaswick. Andy has been working with us for uh, like three years, I think, and has written a ton of articles and has a lot of wide ranging interests from planetary science to astronomy to space flight. He's kind of all over the map. But it's great because he can tackle almost any story and bring a lot of scientific rigor to the story itself. So once again, we get into an interview about his background history, the kinds of stories that he works on, and what beats he's most interested in, and any advice that he has if you want to become a science writer yourself. All right, enjoy the interview. All right. So once again, I'm joined by another member of the Universe Today team. And today I've got Andy Thomaswick. Hey, Andy, how's it going? Hi, Fraser. I'm fine. How are you? Good. Uh, so, man, how long have you been writing with Universe Today for now? Oh, man. All right. So I started probably in 2013 or 14 writing articles originally way back yeah. then and then took a long break with small yep. children. Yeah, uh, for a number of years, and then just picked up again the last couple of years in earnest. So, ten years or two years, depending on how you look at at the the total amount of time. That's right, and I think you like you had originally done a bunch of stories when Nancy was Nancy, being yep. the executive editor. Yep, and then she sort of handed off that mantle back to me mm -hmm. as both publisher and I guess sort of editor. Yep. Um, although, you know, we use the term editor quite loosely around here at Universe today. Um, but, but then I remember there was sort of like a fairly long, slow return where you were kind of going like, Hey, Dean, can I write again for you? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, Hey, do you need any more writers? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and that's a, that's a thing that I've tried to get a lot better at, but the, it takes a long time to start working with Universe Today. Yeah. But once you do, there's like no administration that is sort of holding you back at that point. I'll, I'll admit you're a lot better at it than a lot of other places. There's a lot of other places where I'm like, hey, can I can I write for you guys? And they just don't respond at all. So it's yeah. like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah you're, yeah, you're yeah. a lot better than a lot. Yeah, of yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so what's your background? As, so a, as a journalist? By, by training, I'm an electrical engineer. So I have a bachelor's and master's in electrical engineering. I also have an MBA. So I've, I've been trained and work full-time, actually, as an electrical engineer. Uh, not in the space industry, and, and, and never actually worked in the space industry, ironically. But uh, worked in nuclear, worked in automotive, worked in welding, and, and now in, in kind of like a IoT world. I guess is the simple answer. Internet of Things for, yeah, for yeah. the, the non-electrical engineers. And are you and you're doing this full time right now? Yeah, yeah. I work full time in addition to writing. Wow, that's crazy. Because you do <laughs> write a lot. Thanks. I, I, I try to keep up on it. I go through phases where, like, uh, you know, I, I have my kids part time, so I have like weeks where I'm not doing them at all because I'm changing diapers or whatnot. Yep, yep, and then yep. there's weeks where I'm like, okay, I have a lot of time now so I can concentrate on this. So it, it, it kind of varies a little bit, but that's one of the flexibilities that I like. And I know we've talked about before. 
Yeah, yeah. So what are the kinds of stories that you're that you kind of gravitate towards? Yeah. So technology is really my my thing that I like the most. Any like I, I remember one of the early articles that I did was an interview with the NIAC, the head of NIAC. Yeah. And I love talking to the guy who's literally instituted advanced concept is is a is a great thing that NASA should be doing. Uh, so I, I kind of gravitate to like new technology, new things that can enable different exploration and, and those sorts of things. Uh, you know, business side as well. That, that's kind of another thing that I'm interested in. I remember talking to a guy uh, from like the Naval Research Lab about like power satellites. Yeah, and I, I basically asked him, I'm like, you know why aren't these a thing already? And he's like, well, people just haven't invested enough money in it yet. And I'm like, oh, so this is going to be like a business proposition eventually. And he's like, yeah, probably. And, and so like tracking that, tracking CubeSats, like open source stuff is another thing that I'm, I'm really interested in. So, you know, CubeSats, especially where it's allowing college students and, and those sorts of people to be able to be involved in the space industry. I really wish they would have had when I was in college. So that was a yeah, that's another thing that I'm interested in. I mean, I, I mean, on the NIAC side, I mean, we hundred percent are in alignment on that because I am so excited by by all of the <laughs> NIAC projects. And usually, it's sort of like Christmas. Um, oh yeah, on, I remember seeing the like. There's like thirty different yeah, NIAC projects. Yeah, like, yeah, and so, like, yeah exactly. Awesome. So the new NIAC release comes out. They do them like every like six months, I think. And they'll release the next tranche of, of NIAC awards. And then I'll just take the whole list. I'll chop it up and then just sort of lay them all out on the table for the writers to, to gobble up. And, you know, you, I know you and, and Matt are often yeah, battling over, <laughs> over, over the various NIAC awards. And then I'll try to interview as many of them as, as I can on the YouTube channel and the podcast and so on. And I think we do pretty great. I feel like, like that kind of thing, we've got the best coverage of anybody out there. I think so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, I, I have never seen as many detailed, drilled down descriptions of like, what is this? What's it useful for? Where did it come from? And in, in for like project lineage, all of that, we we do a better job than most. And and I think for me, it's like I'm really excited by the what what's coming next. I'm not that interested, in, or maybe I've become less interested over time in like you know how are we going to build the Dyson sphere. And I'm a yeah. lot more interested <laughs> in what's a better solution for a camera system that will allow you to see biological life forms on Mars or what's a yeah. clever way to launch a spacecraft using less energy. Like it's all incremental. And, and maybe it is. I mean, like, I don't know if you know, I went, I trained in engineering as well and, and then switched to computer science. But, but I just, I love the, the engineering possibilities of, of what can be done. Yeah. So I, I, one of my favorite collaborations you've ever done was with Isaac Arthur, who's one of my other favorite YouTubers. Yeah, and, yeah. and he and Anton especially are, are extremely good at like the crazy, you know, Dyson sphere level stuff. And then there's like the guys who aren't the physicists who are, who are just here doing like, yeah, if I could get like grow, you know, lettuce in space, that, <laughs> that's a step in the right direction right. towards the Dyson right? Yeah, that, 100%. That's, that's what we need to get there. It's just going to take a little while. So yeah, th there's definitely room, especially on the internet for both of those mindsets. And and I enjoy both personally. Like I'll watch all of Isaac's videos as much as I get a chance yeah. to. And I watch all of yours and, and all of your interviews with the, the guys who are building, you know, the crazy sphere robots that go into the lava yeah. tubes on Mars and all, all of that, right? That are five or 10 years out rather than 5,000. I mean, if you, you know. do see 
someone say something like like a thing that I do a bad job of is like when I interview somebody, like I'm just trying to probe essentially the limits of my understanding of of what it is that they're working on, and I'm asking for a lot of hypotheticals. But I suspect that I am then shedding story ideas, you know, <laughs> like just in kind of real time because. There, you know, I'm saying like, would this work? Would that work? Where are you going to go with this? What's going to happen next? And then ideas are like falling to the wayside as we talk. And, you know, by all means, you know, if you see one, you're like, huh, that's a clever idea. I should talk to them about I should that. Talk to them. Yeah. Like maybe that's a story <laughs> that we could, we could work on that we could take it a little cool. farther. Right. And I think that like, we're kind of trapped a bit by by being, you know, like, you, like on the one hand, you've got all these press releases that are coming out that you're just sort of uh, like, you're, and you're trying to avoid being just regurgitating. regurgitating yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just a press release machine where you just like, you know, you take the, the input is the press release, you jumble a few words and then you output it again. And that's, yeah. So one of the things that I really like to do, and one of the things you're exceptionally good at is finding archive papers. Because I don't, I don't have access to a university like webmail server anymore. So if if a paper's on archive, it's probably the only way that I personally can access it, unless I go ask the authors for, which can take a little while. So one of the things I really appreciate that you do is you put archive papers up, and you're like, I, I think I'm doing one now about how we can use resonances in Uranus's and and uh, Neptune's oh, right. rings yeah. to to try to detect something. I'm like, I would never have had that as a concept. There's no press release for this at all. It really and, and it's it's something that's translatable into popular science in a way that's interesting. But it's I, I feel like that's one of the values that you bring to all of this is a lot, like pointing it out to me because I don't even know how you find these things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just say here's this cool article. Somebody go read this and, and come up with a story about it. I'm like, all right, I can I can do that. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, I mean this evolution of. Uh, you know, we tested out this idea, like for the longest time, university was very similar to, to, I think other publications where the writers were responsible for just finding their own stories and then just writing. Yeah, that's, that's what I did when I started. Whatever they wanted, and they would stuff. be pitching yeah. stories at the editor and the editor would be going like, <laughs> yes or no, yes or no. Yeah. And, and I guess about maybe five years ago, um, we started to experiment with, well, what if somebody who has a lot of experience is just, you know, shaking the trees and just, just throwing all the potential good ideas. But more than that, like the thing that I have the most practical experience in is, is writing titles. Like the title is 90% of the story as much as that sucks. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. of journalism, It right? is. It is. Yeah. And so like, what if, if the, if the title is pre-approved, the, the story is pre-approved and then it's just up to you to pick the one that interests you that seems to have gone so much more smoothly. But the downside is that now the writers are not like, now they're just kind of focusing on these stories and those, those other- We're not finding our own. Without finding your own. Because, yeah, and so that ability to find other stories is, is starting to you know, uh, disappear. And so I need it, to- It's funny. To me, the, the other stories that I found on my own recently have all come from people that I've interviewed for the stories that you originally found. Right. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm starting to get the sources, yes. the, the, you know, having that established base of people be like, hey, this is kind of cool over here. Yep. And I'm like, oh, okay. So for like, I don't even know the Frazier is aware of this, but it's, it's awesome that I can go talk to, you know, Peter or whoever that, that came up with it. Yeah. And cultivating those sources is, is becoming more common for all of you. Like, 
you know, Nancy gets a bunch. Uh, Alan Boyle, of sure course, has a, has <laughs> is you know is a pro. Uh, Matt yeah. has a you know I'd say about for Matt, I mean, Paul's an actual 50%. researcher, right? Yeah, yeah, Paul. Yeah. Um, even you know, yeah. and Evan. So I, I'm seeing more often that that the individual journalists are getting emails directly from researchers. You know, every time Avi Loeb writes a new paper, he'll send an email to Matt, and you know, and then we'll decide whether or not. We're <laughs> I mean, that's a good connection it. to have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Harvard professor is not a bad. Yeah, I think so. And so I think that's like that's perfect. Like if we can get to this point where you're all cultivating sources who are working, who have those kinds of minds that are working on these interesting projects, and it's their instinct to reach out to you and go, oh. Here's this thing we're working on, and now we get the scoop, and it's the kind of thing that maybe nobody else would be reporting on. Yeah. Now it's perfection in my. We're adding in my value mind. in a way that yeah. is really useful. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, how do you typically sort of bring journalism to a story? Because you know, as you said, uh, you know, you don't want to be a press regurgitator, yep. but you also want to try and maintain some level of journalistic integrity as you breathlessly yep. announce these NIAC yeah. projects, you know, scooping atmosphere <laughs> off of Venus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a, a two pronged approach, I guess. So I do a lot of background research and that that's part of the reason why I like this so much is that I get to inform myself in, in an effort to try to inform other people. So if it's a release that has like, if it's a press release then I'll research who the people are that are involved in it. A lot of times I'll reach out to them and be like, Hey, how do you want to do that? Like, are you interested in talking to me? Those sorts of things. In addition to that, you know, I try to fact check as much as I can. Some of it gets lost a little bit in the like, I'm trying to simplify very advanced concepts of things like resonances in the case of the article that I'm, I'm currently working on into like a layman's term. I hope I don't mess it up too often. I think I've a couple of times people pointed out like, that's not true. And I'm like, okay, sorry. As that's my fault. But you know, I, I try to adhere as well as I can to the scientific facts. And and you know, I appreciate feedback from whenever uh, you know, whenever I get get it that it's not right. And then I'll be like, okay, I'll fix I'll fix this or whatever. Um, you know, what some of the <laughs> I remember talking to somebody about it's like quantum level particles around a black hole or something. And I had to ask her like the same question three or four times just for my mind to be able to understand what she was talking about. And I was sitting there scribbling notes frantically on a notepad. And I'm like, I think I translated this right. A lot of times when I do interviews, I pass it to the person who I interviewed and said, can you, can you please make sure this is like not misrepresenting you or anything? So, you know, they, they give feedback of like, yeah, this is wrong or you, you misquoted me here or whatever. And I, cause I, I don't want to end up in a situation where someone feels like I'm, you know, trying to catch them in a gotcha or like sensationalizing something that they're they're attempting to do serious research on, which is ultimately what we're trying to do. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a tricky balance because, like, on the one hand, you want to make sure that you get the facts right, but on the other hand, you don't want to give them too much power over what it is that you're reporting. At the end of the day, you're responsible for for communicating the full news. truth of yeah, the full truth of whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I, I have before told people like I'm going to keep that in there because you know that that's the best way of explaining this or whatever yeah, it is yeah. where you know that that has happened occasionally I, I wouldn't say it's very often but you're you're right in that I don't they're not the final arbiters of what goes in I'm sorry if I said it that way 
but ultimately I am the one that puts the thing on the website and, and, you know, yeah, gets it up there. But I, I do, I do take engaging with the researchers very seriously. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously it's lower stakes. Like we're not trying to, you not know, political. Yeah. We're not showing, you know, we're not showing, yeah. uh, some kind of, um, you know, grift that's happening in, you know, from some political (laughs) party or, you know, some, (laughs) some kind of corruption. We're just, you know, we're trying to clearly identify scientific concepts and, and, and so on. Explain it to people. Yeah. 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 So I think, you know, I think you're sort of like a a perfect example of, of a lot of people who want to be science journalists. They've, they've got a career in science. They have some kind of a background in science but they feel a calling. They're compelled to communicate it, to explain it, to, yeah. to where, how does that sort of, how does that manifest in you? So how does it manifest? I'll give you a little bit of background on how I got interested in astronomy in the first place, which was I read pale blue dot when I was in like seventh yep. grade. And that was like one of the most mind blowing books that I've ever read. And it's, I, it's one of the, reasons why I started university. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I read I, that book and just went, <laughs> okay. It's like, I, I never, I, you know, I was born slightly before Sagan died. Uh, yeah. so, you know, I didn't get the full front of like full force of him, you know, being on TV and having the level of popularity that someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson does now. But like, you know, that impacted me in a way that I, I never had before. And as I got older, I, I kind of came to like a a fork in the road of my career choice where I strangely enough wanted to go either into diplomacy, like do international relations or pick something technical. Most of my family are engineers. So that was kind of always my like default path of, I understand how all this works and and that sort of thing. Uh, I had some experiences in high school that made me strongly dislike writing actually. Hmm. Uh, So there was a number of years there until I got through college that I was like, I don't really like doing writing so like i didn't pick diplomacy as a major because you know a lot of times you you have to write a lot when you're writing reports for embassies and things like that Uh, and engineering you're just buried in you know fourier transforms or whatever it is that you're having to do for your homework Uh, but as i got out and i i started to understand that like i like telling stories and i have a knack for explaining complex concepts to people simply and originally that kind of manifested and I took a bunch of philosophy classes in undergrad and I was trying to explain what like Occam's razor is. And my friends who are business majors have no idea who Occam's are. Like, you know, that that's just a completely strange concept to them. And then I started to like, hey, this is, you know, it's the simplest explanation is probably the most reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. Simple, simple yeah. explanation. But I, I realized that that was kind of something that I really enjoyed. And so as that, you know, affinity to explaining complex, you know, ideas to people in a simple way got combined with my ever-loving love of astronomy that was fueled by sci-fi novels for like 20 years. Uh, those two things kind of combined into me really wanting to, to, to be able to explain complex ideas to people in a way that is a little more broad. I guess is the mm-hmm. way I, I kind of look at how blogging would be, right? The the idea would be instead of me verbally telling my friends about a complex idea, I'm taking it out, extrapolating it into language that is 
you know, reasonable for somebody to read and hopefully entertaining and then doing the same thing that I would do with my friends basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what, like, where do you see yourself going? What is like the challenge? What are some challenges or kinds of stories that you would like to be able to, to take on? Yeah. So, oh man, there's a couple, I've been rolling around book ideas in my head for a little while, as I'm sure most of the people you've talked to in these interviews are. Um, one of the things that I really like is is like concepts that never were. So something like terrestrial planet finder, right? Yeah, they're yeah. like you know. I, I think at one point I talked to I either talked to Sarah Seeger or somebody who was like very closely associated with her, and uh, you know that was a concept that I remember reading a book about a while ago. And it's like, whatever happened to that? Like, why did yeah. that not canceled? Yeah, it was canceled, but like, why? Yeah. Right. It, and, so stuff like yeah. that where it's have, like have you spent any time in the NASA uh the STS anyway this the technical archives yeah yeah so like NASA has this technical archive and then you can search on any term that mm-hmm. you can think of like I was recently searching on uh films anti-electric static films uh, that you can cover rovers with to keep the dust, dust off, off in Mars. and there's, there's insights and there's about problem now, right? <laughs> and there's about a hundred yeah. papers that have been written <laughs> with this exact term and in fact there is one of these is being tested on the international space station right now mm-hmm. for future applications they're testing to see how well it works in space and so any topic that you can think of there are papers and there are just like i found a paper about a a single person lunar life raft that you could hide on the surface of the moon while waiting for rescue that's cool in a little in a little inflatable you said that to andy weir because that would be a interesting yeah maybe maybe um <laughs> it, it's amazing what's in there and i i totally you know i've 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 tried in the past um I've had a few his, more historian type writers working with us in the past, uh, like uh, Amy Sure Title and 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 some of those like. Well, she runs you know, her own human, history blog. Right? Well, yeah, so okay. she's, she's gone off to do great things. Yeah. Um, but you know, for a while, she covered a few stories like that, like uh, a human mission to Venus that was planned in the nineteen. 19- 70s i think um it's it's kind of amazing what's in the historical archive and just and the ideas are there and all the ideas that anyone has already been thought of by nasa 40 years ago it's just that we've been waiting for the technology to catch up or the funding or or whatever and when you when you watch them like for all mankind and you see them implementing those ideas you're like oh that's what could have been so i know, I know what you yeah, mean so that, yeah so that that's one yeah. thing of like you know find a book that has that you're like start a book, write something slightly longer form, because like largely what I do at university today is between like one and three page, you know, relatively short articles, and I I never really try to tackle something that is slightly longer than that. I guess uh, so that that's one you know going back to your original question, that's one of my longer term goals. Another one that I'm not sure that I'm going to do anytime soon. I, being an electrical engineer, I have a particular affinity for robotics. And, and the way that, that I call it UT in my articles all the time. So the way you guys at universe today handle, you know, the, the kind of outsider's perspective of like, you're not necessarily just going to toe the company line or like have the, the fully, you know, I, I want to call it corporified way of talk of reporting. There isn't that in the mm-hmm. robotics industry. And I, I think that's kind that's kind of an interesting niche 
that might be something that I would be interested in in the long run because you know it's cover space stuff, but it's also things like autonomous driving or autonomous lawnmowers or you know blimps or whatever else you have because I think that yeah yeah that is one of the things that you talk about like what's next right space exploration is going to be dramatically affected by autonomy and and robotics in general over the next 30 years but it's not just space exploration that will so i, I think yeah, that there yeah. there's a a missing kind of uh educational slash outsider's perspective reporting thing there so i was debating in the long run maybe starting that but right now with the the kids and the work and everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me know if you ever need any help. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I will do yeah. so. That's, um, or if someone else wants to yeah. start it, you know, that's, that's fine with me. <laughs> the ideas out there, yeah. Um, so, so what's your advice to people who want to become a writer? Ah, oh, man. So don't be, afra- don't be afraid to put out something that's imperfect. I know that's a very common thing but you're never going to be completely satisfied with everything that you write. You're never going to be, it's never going to be a hundred percent perfect. Be okay with good enough that it adds value. I think is, is the number one thing. Like I know a lot of people that struggle with, uh, you know, well, I won't, I don't want anyone else to see this. Like I'm just going to show it to my, my friends and family and that's never going to get out past that. Then you're doing a disservice to people who would. And ultimately, you know, the internet is is an excellent place to find out if if uh, you know your writing or your 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 topics you find are interesting are interesting to other people, and you might find a niche that you didn't even realize, or you know, you might find your writing style is interesting to people. So don't don't be afraid to put yourself out there publicly. Ignore the ignore the people that are you know just trolling you. I guess is the other one. <laughs> I'm sure you get that a lot more yeah. than I do, but, but it's it is yeah it is you know like my videos whatever they get 99.7 yeah. percent like to dislike yeah. ratio, but it's that it's that point three that's just like oh just gets under your skin. It's tough I, developing yeah. the, that like, but you get better at it as you go on. I think you, but it yeah, but I think we are we as human beings are evolutionarily obsessed with our status among other people. And so even though you have a thousand people who say, great job, that was fun. I really enjoyed that. Whatever. You got one person who's like, who even cares about any of this stuff? And you're just like, you know, you're just mortally wounded and you're just spending the rest of your day in shell shocked. And it never, that, that feeling, unfortunately never goes away. For me, I've kind of transmitted into the pity. Where it's like, if you're that upset about what I'm trying to, okay, it's like, I honestly feel bad because I'm like, I don't, you know, I understand your opinion. I feel bad that yeah. this is how you feel to share it in such, in such an antagonistic way. Like, yeah. I'm not going to engage with them or anything, but it's like, I almost feel bad. So rather than, I can't believe this guy is trying to correct me. It's like, uh do you ever like read the the comments on the Facebook posts? Yeah, because like I've like I've been going in there now quite actively pruning it because it's so mean. That, I, I yeah. did one recently it's on been... like a nuclear station on the moon, and people are like, "Why would yeah. you put a nuclear station on the moon?" I'm like, "Did you read <laughs> yeah. any of any of this?" No, they no, they don't. No, <laughs> no, and it's and so and so the people who are 
you know, the 99% are going to go like, oh, that's cool. Idea, yeah, right? that would be neat. Yeah, that makes sense if we want to have a, a, a operational a station base, on the moon. Right? Yeah, they're going to need power. Sure, sounds good. You know, thanks for thanks for writing an article about it, Andy. Uh, but then you get the the 1% and they are, you know, they're either dismissive, they are sarcastic, they are antagonistic, they're hostile. And they're the ones that are going to post and, and it's, and yeah. And it, like, you know, I experience it more than anyone on the team. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You um, do. And yet, and, and I am definitely able to compartmentalize it a bit, but it is, it still does hurt. And, and I think that, that that is one of the occupational hazards of doing this job for sure. And you have to, and it's not even so like, you, like you're going to have to learn to deal because you can't, <laughs> Like you just, you are emotionally ill-equipped. We are all emotionally ill-equipped to deal with that. We just, it just happens in, I don't know, in the same way of a person who cleans septic fields is going to get poop on them. You know, uh, that's a very interesting. Like I'm, just, gonna that. I'm gonna try to get that analogy into an article. Sure, it's just it's it's just part, part of the, of the job, job right? and I wish it wasn't, and I really wish it wasn't because it because there is no way. To to get around the fact that you now have poop on you, <laughs> you can wash you know? it off when you go home. You can wash it off, yeah. But you remember, you remember, and every time you're cleaning that septic field, you're just like, oh, here it comes. So, <laughs> and that's just part of the job, and it and it does suck. But yeah, yeah, awesome, Andy. So, what's the best place for people to keep track of you specifically? Say they want to offer you that book deal. Um, where do they go? <laughs> I remember when we first talked, uh, you know, in my, my newer round of, of getting involved again, I'm like, my Twitter presence is is pretty abysmal. I basically just use it for, you know, conversing with people about articles that I write. So I guess Twitter would probably be the sure. best way. Yep. Uh, you know, if I if and when I ever get more time to kind of expand to, you know, further afield stuff, I'll I'll be sure to yeah. so what's you your know, what's tell your Twitter, you about Twitter it. handle? It's at Andy Thomas Wick. Okay. So it's just my name. Perfect. Yeah. Easy yeah. enough. Uh, nice. There's some really old picture of me on there from, yeah. I don't even know when. <laughs> awesome. Well, Andy, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. No problem. And it was it was great to meet you. <laughs> yeah, good to, good to officially talk to you after yeah. listening to your voice for yeah, like funny. plus years. Oh, um, yeah, various- no, you've been a you've been a terrific addition to the team. I really enjoy the writing, and as you know, people can sense our preferences really line up nicely so it's great to have you tackling the kinds of stories that i wish i had time to to jump into and uh, <laughs> hey, you, you gotta keep interviewing all the all the people on video I, yeah I, you can handle that <laughs> yeah we'll do awesome man all right all right thank you so Thanks, much Rich. i hope you enjoyed this interview One of the cool things about Universe Today is that we are a completely independent space news organization, and we do that through the support of our patrons. You can join that community. Go to patreon.com slash universe today. That allows us to have no ads in our podcast for anybody, no ads in our email newsletter. And if you join the Patreon, we'll remove all the ads from our videos, from the website, and you can know that you are helping to create fantastic, independent space news for the world.